Today I want to share with you an idea of Pope John Paul II that I've never spoken about in a homily before. And that's saying something because over the years I've spoken about our former Holy Father many, many times. Culture drives history. That's the idea. Culture drives history. In other words, if you want to understand a certain group of people, and if you want to help that group of people to have a better future, then first and foremost, you need to understand their culture. Because it's their culture that drives and shapes their history. Now, what exactly is culture or a culture? Well, according to George Weigel, who wrote the definitive biography on Pope John Paul II, the culture is, and here I quote, what men and women honor, cherish, and worship. What societies deem to be true and good and noble. The expression they give to those convictions in language, literature, and the arts what individuals are willing to stake their lives on. All of those things are involved when we are speaking of a particular culture. Now, if you've understood everything I just said, you're probably thinking to yourself, but Father Ray, that's wrong. That's not what we've been taught. We've been taught that politics and economics are much more important than literature and the arts and other such things. We've been taught that politics and economics are what drive human history. That's why we have so many cable stations out there that focus almost exclusively on those two subjects, politics and economics, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. Well, all I can say is, Pope John Paul II knew better. And he demonstrated that back in 1979, right at the beginning of his pontificate, when he made his very first pastoral visit to his native country of Poland, which at the time, as many of us will recall, was ruled by communists, atheistic communists. That visit lasted nine days. And most of the so-called experts expected the Holy Father to attack the Polish government directly for its evil, oppressive policies. That's what they expected him to do. But that's not what he did. Didn't do that at all. In fact, he didn't mention politics or economics even once. Not a single time. What he did was to talk to the Polish people about their history, their glorious and sometimes very painful history, and he spoke to them about their culture, their rich culture. And in the process, he started a revolution. Not a revolution of arms, but what's been called a revolution of conscience. And that revolution has influenced Poland and the rest of Eastern Europe for the last three decades. John Paul's message to his people was, very simply, 
Remember who you are. You are not what they, the communists, say you are. Know your history. Know your culture. Know the place of your religious faith, the importance of your religious faith within that culture, and you'll stay strong. You'll stay strong in the midst of your present difficult situation. And as we all know, the people of Poland did stay strong. In fact, they got even stronger as they came to understand what the Pope was talking about and how important it was for them to work to preserve and defend their culture. Culture drives history. And if you still doubt that this is true, my brothers and sisters, then I ask you to do one thing. Think of Baltimore. Think of all that happened during this past week in Baltimore, Maryland. Think of the history of that city during the last seven to ten days with the violence and the lawlessness and the looting, all of which took place ostensibly in response to the death of that young man, Freddie Gray. Although I'd be willing to bet that some of the young people who took part in all that violence couldn't tell you who Freddie Gray was. They just did what they did because the rest of the mob was doing it. What drove that history? What drove the very recent history of the city of Baltimore? A sick culture. That's why. A very sick culture, sad to say. A culture where some young people have no parental supervision and in some cases no parents around at all. A culture in which many people don't even know what a family is. A culture in which the Ten Commandments don't matter. At best, they're the Ten Suggestions or the Ten Recommendations. A culture in which basic morality cannot be taught in our public schools. And those are the schools a lot of those young people go to. They're forced to go to them. The failing Baltimore school system. A culture in which, ever since Roe v. Wade, the Roe v. Wade decision of 1973, has conveyed to young people the idea that if they have a problem with somebody else, it's okay to use violence to solve the problem. You see, a culture can drive history in one of two directions. Poland's culture in 1979 drove that nation in a positive direction. Our culture right now, unfortunately, is driving us, for the most part, in the opposite direction. Although, there's always hope. God always gives us signs of hope. Like that African-American mother who was caught on film grabbing hold of her son and literally dragging him away from one of the riots. See that on TV and the internet? The video went viral. That mother, out of love, searched out her son and she asserted her authority as a parent. Now you can debate the appropriateness of some of the language she used, which was also caught on the video. A little bit rough, to say the least. You can debate some of the other particulars of what she did. She slapped them several times. 
But I'll tell you one thing, that 16-year-old boy definitely knows that he has a mother who cares about him, who is willing to put her own life on the line. And through this event, that boy learned a very important lesson about right and wrong. Too bad more Baltimore parents were not equally proactive. The history of that city would have been a lot different in the last seven to ten days. Now you might be thinking, well, thank you, Father Ray, this is all very nice, but what does this have to do with today's scripture readings? The answer is quite a bit. In today's gospel, Jesus says to us, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. Now those words of Jesus apply to individuals first and foremost. But they also apply, in a certain way, I would say, to cultures. There was a time, for example, when there was at least some connection between the culture of this nation and the vine, at least in the sense that most of our laws were rooted in the Ten Commandments. That connection is being severed more and more each and every day. And the consequences are all around us, not just in Baltimore. And when you try to remind people of our country's roots, our country's Judeo-Christian cultural roots and why we need to get back to those roots, a lot of people, a growing number of people in fact, are responding to us in a negative way. Like the Hellenists responded to Saul in today's first reading. Although not to the extent of wanting to kill us, at least not yet. We'll see what happens after this next big Supreme Court decision. Which is why today's second reading is also important for us to hear this morning. There in that passage, St. John actually tells us how to do it. He tells us how to renew our culture and change it for the better. He says there we need to do three things. Believe, love, and keep the commandments. Believe in Jesus Christ and stay grounded in that faith, like John Paul II did. Love others, even your enemies, in deed and in truth, like John Paul II loved others, including the communists who were ruling Poland in 1979. He loved them too. He wanted salvation for them like he wanted salvation for everybody else. And keep the commandments in your own life like John Paul did in his, and we know for a fact that he did, that he kept the commandments because he's now known to the world as Pope Saint John Paul II. Believe, love, keep the commandments. Let me close my homily now with some bad news and then some good news. I always like to end with good news. Bad news is, none of us can change our entire culture for the better on our own. I wish we could. Believe me, if we could, I would have done it a long time ago. But we do not have that power. But we do have the power to change ourselves. 
And we have the power to have a positive influence on the subculture to which we each belong. We each have a subculture that we belong to. Our subculture includes, first and foremost, our family. We can influence them for the better. And it also includes our friends, our co-workers. It includes all those with whom we associate in our daily lives. The good news is, if enough people in the United States of America in 2015 begin to believe and love and keep the commandments in their own subcultures, then the entire culture will begin to change for the better. And that will drive the history of our nation in the right direction again. Because remember, my brothers and sisters, culture always drives history.